Welcome back to another great edition of Talking Tigs. I'm your host, Scott Girard. Joining me, as always, Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. Got a lot of things to get to tonight. It's been a, a very busy week as college football has come to an end. We know where the Tigers are going bowling. Uh, we know where everyone is going bowling, actually. Uh, we could also look at Brian Kelly's first week at LSU. Had some uh, some news come out already. And, um, you know, I think LSU basketball might have chalked up another win as well. Uh, we could probably talk about that. But before we talk about anything, uh, I want to hear from you guys, see how your weekend was. Um, as, as I told you, I had uh, Lana to myself. It was fun. We watched some football. We hung some some Christmas decorations for, for mom to come home to. Uh, what about you guys? Hi, not too much going on. Good to be here with you talking again. Um, you know, just just a, a good weekend of championship championship football, and now now we see this playoff picture that we've all been waiting for, and and it, you know, ready to ready to watch it all play out. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Same. Got to enjoy the games yesterday. It was a little bit less stressful with LSU not playing. You got to just check it out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the, the the big UGA Alabama game was definitely fun, and then the Baylor one, the crazy ending at the end. Uh, now we got the the playoff locked and ready to go. Obviously, no LSU in there, but uh, it'll be exciting to anticipate those games and then LSU's bowl at the end of the bowl season. Yeah, uh, I mean it's going to come after New Year's, so I, I thought the Tigers might have had like a an early December bowl, but I mean they they got after January. It's kind of like um like you know when you're getting. Uh, like a five course meal or something, or maybe a three course meal. It's like, they'll serve you those courses, but maybe you get like a little snack in between. I think that's what this is. Usually they, you know, LSU has been in these games before. So I, even in a six and six year, I th- I guess we're still pretty good draw, but um, we're going to be at the Texas bowl. Um, I don't know what the, the sponsor is now, whatever Texas bowl, but uh, we've been there once before. Uh, well, well, this time we're playing Kansas state uh, seven and five Kansas state out of the big 12. Uh, last time we were there, we played Texas Tech. I uh, had a really good game, actually. It kind of launched Leonard Fournette, I think. But uh, the Tigers won 56-27 to over Texas Tech. And then the young Petty Mahomes. Um, I, was, I don't know if that was the year he first came out, but I mean, I remember him being a big deal then. Um, but the Tigers pretty much shut him down. Uh, but, I mean, it's going to be in Houston, you know, Baton Rouge West. Uh, Tigers, no strangers there. Um Oh, by the way, the only time we've played K-State before, we won 21 to nothing in Baton Rouge. So this will be the second time we played. I don't know. I don't really know that much about K-State, but, I mean, they went 7-5 in the Big 12. Big 12's had a lot of good, you know, somewhat heavy hitters. You know, a lot of guys went 10-2. Uh, I don't know. I think it'll be a good game, you know, even though we don't know what our team's going to look like at that point, who's still going to be with us, or uh, who's going to be, you know, coaching, really, what's going on. But uh, I don't know. I, I think the Tigers want to. They can make a really good game in this and probably walk away with a victory. Yeah, I definitely think that, you know, and we can get into it. We'll, we'll get into this as cl- as the game gets closer, right. as we find out who's in, like you said, who's opting out. I mean, I'm sure people will say, yeah, I'm not playing. I'm sure people, there'll be people who say, I'm just going to prepare for the draft or whatever. But, yeah. um, you know, somebody to look at for that might be a uh, Damone Clark, who, uh, you know, I could see him not playing. Although maybe, maybe he's, you know, he's got a lot of pride in the program. So I think he's already committed to playing the senior bowl. Oh, for, for what that's worth. Okay. Well, then if he's playing the senior bowl, I would think he's going to play in the in the regular bowl. But regardless, uh, <coughs> he uh, well, we can yeah, like I said, we can get into that a little bit as closer as we get closer to the game. But initially, you would think this should be a a, a winnable game for LSU. Um, Kansas State's had a middling season in the Big Twelve. Well, I think probably their highlight of the year was um, playing basically beating Oklahoma for four quarters and then kind of losing it right at the end. I remember yeah. watching that game. So yeah. um, other than that, you know, I, I don't know if necessarily I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would say Kansas state is a, is a huge, you know, um, has a huge talent gap between us as far as them being better, but you never know with, with this team. I mean, they could, they could go out there and, and we could look like a, look like a Sunbelt team. Yeah, I think you can't really complain too much if you're an LSU fan as far as bowl allotment and schedule and all that. It's better than playing in some obscure bowl in like St. Paul, Minnesota or something. Uh, It's a game the Tiger fans can travel to and enjoy. And it's the only game that day. I think it's strange because they have all the New Year's Six Bowls and then they have to have the second and the third off. And then there's the fourth, which is us. And then the only game after that is the um, championship. So we're literally the last bowl besides the championship. So, I mean, all eyes are going to be on us most likely. And 
like you said, Tommy, this is a game that LSU can win and start off 2022 on a, a good note, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, considering it's been <clears throat> two years since we've played in a bowl game at True. this point. And yeah, uh, we can break down the game closer to it. I, I don't know that much about Kansas State, but um, the rest of the game should be exciting and uh, glad we at least get to join the party in some way after yeah. an interesting season, to say the least. I mean, when I saw when I saw the draw of going of Houston and then the date too, I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll go. We could go. Like, oh wait, well, I, I can't go. I'll be out of the country I mean, on yeah, January fourth. Well, I mean, like, I don't know. I might, wow. I might want to go. It could be kind of fun to go to that. So we'll see. But um, either way, yeah, I think you know, I'm excited about it. It's, it's kind of, I wouldn't say I'm over the moon. I mean, whatever. It's the Texas Bowl, but could be worse. That it could. Uh, I mean, I was just thinking about it, though. It's like if you were a fan or even if you were a player, it's like what what bowl could you go to that, you know, it's really, you know, you're not it's not going to be like a, a great outstanding bowl. Um, maybe not a lot of pe- people will watch it. But I mean, January 4th, yes. But uh, like what what destination would you want to go to? I was just thinking, I was like, I bet the Hawaii Bowl would be cool. Like if you knew you're going to get like a, a third or fourth tier bowl, you get a trip to Hawaii <laughs> instead of like, you know, like you said Minnesota or whatever. And you're just, you're, you're walking from your hotel to a bus and snow and you just, nobody wants that. I like the Las Vegas bowl, maybe. Oh yeah. That'd be yeah. kind of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, uh, that, that PAC 12 championship looked, well, it looked fun for the fans. I mean, yeah. Utah, Utah ran away with it, but um, uh, yeah, that would be a nice venue because I've sh- kept showing shots of the strip. Uh-huh. Like, that would, that would be cool especially around new year's, you know, um, what's another one. Maybe LSU fans turned up for the music city bowl. Oh in yeah. Nashville, that, that like when we played Notre Dame a few years ago. Yeah. Um, so, and like LSU is yeah. one of the, the premier names in college football still. So I think that's why these not like top tier bowls, but like ones that are kind of reasonably, we get accoladed. to reach a little bit further. Yeah. Than maybe we because deserve. like UL 11 and one ranked team, they're playing in the new Orleans bowl against like, I think Marshall. Oh, really? And so, yeah, that's yeah. their reward for going 11 and one is they get the no name. New Orleans Sunbelt bowl. champions too. Yeah. Sunbelt champions. Well, meanwhile, six and six LSU who got into the bowl game by the skin of their teeth is like <laughs> playing in a, in a respectable one. So, I mean, you win some, you lose some. Well, you know, that's what you get when you play little boy football. That's right. Well, uh, speaking of big boy football, let's uh, let's talk about this college football playoff. That is all set. Uh, you got Bama one, Michigan two, Georgia three, Cincy four. Me, I think I'd have kept Michigan. I just kept everyone in place, moved them all up, and then just put Georgia number four because the same teams are playing anyway. But I, I don't know. I I know you guys will probably say, "Well, it's Bama," and a lot of people say, "You know, they, you see them beat the heck out of Georgia." I did, but I don't know. I saw Michigan beat the heck out of the last two teams they played too. So uh, we can get into that, but what's your initial assessment? I mean, it's honestly, it was going to be this, right. Unless uh, Cincinnati or, or Michigan lost. Right. Like it, I it think, was yeah, you could, no you could move the places around Bama and Georgia. were going to get in almost all the scenarios. The question was really the other two, right. Um, well, I don't know if Georgia would have won like Alabama did against Alabama. I, I don't think Alabama with two losses would have still been sitting at four. Do you? Maybe maybe Notre no, Dame. If or- that had happened, yeah, I think Notre Dame would have slotted in at four over uh, a two-loss Bama. I mean, Oklahoma State was literally three inches away from making the playoff um, yeah. after they, they tried to make the comeback against Dave Aranda and Baylor and then got stuck. They had first and goal on the two. They had to get two yards to make the playoff, and they couldn't do it. And the last play – knocked out of bounds uh, at the literally the six inch line. So that's going to be pretty much heartbreaking for them. Yeah. And Cincinnati rejoices therein. Um, yeah. Notre Dame sad. They got, they locked themselves out of the playoff by losing to Cincinnati. So I guess that's why you schedule the teams, but I, I almost think that there's, there is a world where a two loss Alabama gets in. Um, Cause, because I can totally see the committee saying, do we like, it always goes back to, is are the, we want the best four teams? Well, if Iowa had beaten Michigan and Georgia had beaten Alabama, then I can still see Alabama maybe getting in along with uh, Notre Dame. Yeah. So who knows? I don't know. I just I just feel like I could see. It's like you know, if you if you're going by the we want the best four teams, there's it's very difficult to say Alabama's not one of the best four teams in the country. Uh, I mean, especially now after watching last night. Now I think it's crazy to me that they're number one now. Like right. it just doesn't compute. Like I get it. 
I get why, but I'm like, until like maybe the last two games of the se- or no, not even the last two games of the season. Until like that game last night, they didn't look like the best team of the yeah, country. like they had been winning, but they weren't impressive. They went really. to four overtimes with Auburn. And then yeah, but Not you could see they, they looked desperate for a signature win. And Bryce Young played out of his mind and probably secured the Heisman probably. with that performance. Uh in, in a down year for the Heisman, I would say, but he played crazy. It's sad to see John Mechie. I think he's already been ruled out of the playoff really? with, a, with a knee injury uh go down in the game. So that's gonna hurt them for sure. Uh, but it's crazy though because Jamison Williams is the best player on the field Mm -hmm. and he wasn't good enough to play he wasn't good enough to play for Ohio State like how on earth did they let him get away you know I mean mean, well yeah he's he's not alone uh which you know we can get into but Quinn Ewers left as well this week uh so it's like they're just too talented they're two stocks and it's like how you get ahead of the head of those guys you know um but here to to go back to Alabama uh, to, to say that they're one of the best four teams in the country yeah you could definitely make that argument i think most you know maybe 51 percent of america at least at very least would but i mean i'm one of the 49s like look at their whole season though i thought they were going to look at the season as a whole not just how they played in the sec championship game because that's pretty that's pretty micro and the macro is is they they almost lost to florida okay they won by two they I mean, they came out, what, 35 nothing until Miss, but they only, I mean, they ended up winning 42-21. to 21. Um, But then, you know, they blew up Mississippi State, lost to Texas A&M uh, by two, still close, but, you know, Tennessee was h- holding their own. We held our own. A very bad LSU team held our own and played yes. them close. And so did Arkansas, right? So that's, that's why I don't think, oh, and Auburn too, by the way, uh, who is, I don't know, not, not really that much better than us. Uh-huh. Uh, like they they had they had not not only did you know I mean Alabama Alabama won obviously but Alabama had zero points going into the fourth quarter. I don't see how you say that is a top four team performance right there. I don't know. It's it's crazy to me. And I mean, then this guy's and he's going to win the Heisman. <laughs> what? Anyway, I I don't know if it's you know, um, if they're just they're just you know, uh everyone i don't know like it, I, I don't know what it is about they're just able to get it done mm-hmm. and Saban finds a way yeah Saban finds a way and it, it, that georgia team I, I i was as i was thinking about that game before i was like this is georgia's time if they can't close this out and they still i mean obviously they're still in the playoff they still have a chance yeah and maybe they can maybe they can beat them on the replay I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Georgia loses to Michigan after that Michigan. Really? I mean, Michigan looked really good. I don't know. Uh, I think, I think George is going to come out real hot. I think that defense is going to absolutely shut them down. See the, the thing about Michigan that I see is that Michigan and Georgia are going to try and play a similar game. I think that what, what happened with Georgia and Alabama yesterday is Georgia, Georgia, obviously, I don't think Kirby Smart would try to tell you that they have an elite quarterback. <laughs> you know, Stetson Bennett is a good, not great quarterback. He's not going to play on Sundays. He's going to he'll he'll get paid a couple hundred thousand dollars to hold a clipboard for a couple of years, and then he'll probably you know sell insurance. Right. Uh, I think that the challenge for for the entire season, Georgia has been able to impose their will defensively impose their will offensively through the running game and then allow Stetson to make key throws every now and then throw here, throw there, throw a bubble screen and let their athletes do some work. You know, they call it what uh, Zeus. Is it? Uh, yeah. Zamir white. Zemir white. Yeah. They, they want to run 30 to 40 times a game and pass the ball like 15 and then let their defense take care of the other things. So they all have to do is just run the ball uh, fairly consistently on offense and you win the game. And, and they bleed that clock. This, you know, these Georgia games go quick. Because they're not throwing the ball a bunch. They're they, this is this is vintage SEC football. I remember watching that first game of the season against uh, Georgia Clemson. I said, "This is this is strikingly similar to the LSU uh, Alabama game from like the nine six game." You know, it's just back and forth defensive football. But and it's it's funny to say this, but now in two thousand twenty one, the Nick Saban coached Alabama team. You can try to do that, and that's exactly what they tried to do it, and it worked for a while. That first, you know, quarter they were up what what ten nothing, and it was you know the the within the first uh, half of the first quarter, um, the score was three to nothing Georgia, 
and they'd already burned like six or seven minutes off the clock. But then Bryce Young started to work and he found Jameson Williams and Jameson Williams runs off for a 50 yard touchdown. And then he finds John Mechie and John Mechie runs off. And then before you know it, it's like 21 to 21 to 10 and Georgia's in some trouble because they can't score fast. And Alabama can't. Yeah, and at that point, the game's in Stetson Bennett's hands. He's trying to make the throws. He's trying to make things work. To get him back in the game. That interception. Yeah, he forces the pick six, and that was the end of the game. Yep. Uh, but, I mean, they'll get another crack at it, and they're a good team. So I'm excited for those games. I'm just excited to see Cincinnati get a chance at it. Yeah. Like, I mean, two undefeated seasons in a row. Mm-hmm. I said before this season, before it even started, that Cincinnati was going to go undefeated and miss the playoff. Uh, they got the first part done, and, and thankfully it was enough for them to go to the dance. So Bama versus Cincinnati, kind of A1 versus the underdog of underdogs, I would say. Uh, if that if they took down Saban, that would be something monumental, even if they don't win it in the championship. Yeah, well, you know what? They they, they asked for Bama. They wanted to be in the playoff. Yeah. Here you go, boys. Enjoy. Yeah, we take them down. We want K-State. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think that's the matchup everyone wanted. I figured Michigan and Georgia was going to be a better matchup as well. Um, I, I don't know. I think, um, you know, Georgia may be able to figure it out on offense. I, I feel like Kirby smart has to like be okay with going to JT Daniels at some point. That's you know? what I don't get. I don't understand why we didn't see any of JT Daniels yesterday. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's kind of the same thing with the saints uh, on Thursday. It's like, this guy is not doing it. Go, could, could you go to your backup? Maybe. I, I don't know, but who, who are we? Uh, well, you know, we're not Kirby smart. We're not uh, Sean Payton, but I'll say this. Um, <sighs> As much as I hate to say it, uh, it's like someone made a comment and I, I saw about uh, – remember how we always used to say Clemsoning? Yeah. Clemson would get there. It's like they're saying, well, Clemson, you know, they they corrected that. Like the new Clemsoning is Georgia. Georgia. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't believe I even said that. I'm but, telling you, I can guarantee Kirby Smart is having PTSD from 2017 right now. Yeah. Like, yeah. it'd be like, oh, my gosh, he's about to do it again. Mm-hmm. I, I – because I, I would I, I'd put money on it right now. Uh, Alabama's gonna they're gonna beat Cincinnati. I'm sorry, right? Like, there's the do we do we all are we all in agreement that there's like a slim to I think they opened as like a 15 point favorite in a that's a that's a semifinal game, 15 point favorite. Like, I, I let's put it this way Alabama Cincinnati might give LSU Oklahoma a run for their money as far as just an absolute beatdown, and that was the <laughs> most historic semifinal beatdown of all time. Um, but but on the on the other side, I really think Georgia is gonna. I think Georgia is gonna beat Michigan. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, 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 it's possible, definitely. I do. I think. I think Michigan. I think Michigan's good. I think that also. I think Ohio State, and we saw this earlier in the for earlier in the year. I think that. I think that we're all kind of hyped on Michigan playing really well towards the end of the season, especially when you see. Ohio State beat the tar out of Michigan State and then go on to lose to Michigan. But I don't. I, I kind of think that's more a testament to the Big Ten wasn't that great this year. Ohio State started off real flat, losing to Oregon, which it, Oregon ended up not being that great of a team. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like you know this entire season has been everyone. Everyone's kind of down. Like even Bama, even for this for this Bama team, which is which is really really good. This is a down year for Bama. The only team that's like that that was that's supposed to be as good as they were is Georgia, or good as they are is Georgia. Um, so I, I feel like Michigan might be overvalued as far as their, as far as like how good they are right now. And I think Georgia is probably maybe a little bit underrated now. I think Georgia is still an excellent team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was interested. I went back and looked at the AP preseason poll to see kind of where these teams started. Like what, what was the route that they took? And I mean, Alabama number one. So they started one, ended one, uh, Georgia five and Cincinnati eight. So three of the top eight teams made the playoff, which I think is not too bad as far as like prediction. And then Michigan was not even in the top 25. So they've really climbed the ladder there, which is pretty impressive. Uh, Oklahoma number two, Clemson number three, Ohio state four. So they, except for Ohio state, um, a little bit of a disappointment there. There's kind of some funny teams in here, like Iowa state number seven, uh, North Carolina 10 LSU 16. fighting. Yeah. Fighting LSU Tigers at number 16 fall far for uh, fall from grace, but uh, yeah. Coastal coastal at uh, Carolina at 22 and they didn't even make the um, they're ranked higher than ULL and they didn't even make it to the, to the, to the championship. Yeah, the yeah, coastal had a down year with a few, few losses. Um, 
so it's always interesting to kind of like look back at it and see like who was overhyped and who was who was way underrated. Mm-hmm. Look back at it. <laughs> Any other bowl games y'all saw that you were kind of like big interested in? I know it's a lot to go through. I, I'm interested in that Sugar Bowl game. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, I think that's gonna be fun. Baylor, Baylor and Ole Miss. Yeah, it's kind of the LSU like almost ran coaches bowl yeah. like, between Aranda and Kiffin. Plus, like Baylor defense versus Ole Miss offense should be fun. What about you, Scott? You got anything that you're looking at? I don't know. Um, Oregon, Oklahoma. I don't know. That could be kind of fun. Oregon. I don't know who's going to coach uh, Oklahoma. I don't know. Or, or Oregon either. It sounds like uh, Miami really wants to go after uh, Mario Cristobal. You know, that's where he's from. That's his alma mater. His family's there. But I don't know. It's like, do you leave Oregon to go there? If they pay enough. Yeah, right. I guess money talks. Uh, Pitt, Mich- Michigan State might be good. Uh, everything else, yeah, I don't know. I think the um the Rose Bowl should be pretty decent as well. Uh, Utah versus Ohio State, like Ohio State, who had lost to um Oregon early in the year, then Utah thrashed Oregon twice in a row. To see if Ohio State basically just gives up after they like didn't make the playoff and Utah ro- runs away with it. That'd be pretty impressive. Like I said, UL is playing in the, the New Orleans Bowl. I think pretty early on. Uh, Anything else? Uh, kind of sad. Sad oh. for uh, Clemson. <laughs> Thinks they were going to be in the playoff, and now they're in the Cheez It Bowl, baby. <laughs> Clemson to the Cheez It. <laughs> Wait, who's in that? Who's in that? Um, in the Outback Bowl. That's always important. Outback Bowl is Penn State versus Arkansas. Okay, you got to bet the Hogs on that one. Put the money because on. We need that good, blooming right? onion. The free blooming onion. That's the new. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'd, I'd say that's a tough one. Uh, you like the coconut, you like shrimp? coconut shrimp? Well, no, I'm just saying uh, Penn State over Arkansas is very possible. No, no, but Scott, that, that's not what's important. What's important is that if the SEC team wins, then everyone the next day gets to go to Outback and get a free blooming onion. But oh. if, the, if the Big Ten team wins, then it's coconut shrimp, which is oh, – It's been like a three-year drought for the Bloomin' Onion. Like I think the SEC has been losing the past few years, yeah. so the, the fans need Me it. Me and Daniel usually – we usually take advantage of it. Like the SEC wins, we go get that blue. For real. Okay. Um, I don't know. I could do either, really. Um, I don't know. I'll probably be a new year. I, I probably need to cut out the fried foods anyway. But um, you all have at it. Let me know how it goes. Um, Houston and Auburn, that might be okay. I'd probably, uh, I mean, this one's kind of North Carolina, South Carolina is kind of cool. Like, yeah, you know, just the regional kind of aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I really hope that Utah, uh, Ohio State game would be good. Uh, I feel like Ohio State could pull it out, but Utah looked fierce. Oh, yeah, they did. <laughs> you know, Man, um, they really put it on Oregon. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It was, it was merciless. Um, yeah. Wow. Um, all these games on a New Year's Eve. That's what I don't get. I don't understand. And that was not how it was last year. That was not how it was the year before. I don't understand why all the Nor- – Normally they try – I think it has to do with the days of the week where it kind of lands on. Uh, but I th- they ideally they put it on New Year's Day because people like they've gone out to their party. They're kind of just hanging out at home. They got the day off of work. Uh, they just watch football all day. But it's, when it's on New Year's Eve, you're going out to your party with your friends. You don't want to – necessarily sit in front of the tv and watch for five hours and then the ratings are down so it's like it's not really in the network's well, best especially interest. when it's a when it's a playoff game right well they've done this before like i think one time they had it on new year's eve and the ratings were down like 25 percent from yeah. the, the year when it's on new year's yeah. day so they either they didn't learn their lesson or it just didn't work out but that is strange or they just don't care <laughs> they're like you know what there's gonna be enough people out. We'll, we'll get our money regardless <laughs> they, they probably will too um but yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's 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 going to be some good games. Uh, it'll be interesting because some of these teams are are going to be without a coach. Uh, so that that's what I'm going to keep an eye on. Um, oh, you know, another coaching thing I heard that was interesting. It's like, could, could you imagine if a uh, coach O went back to Ole Miss because Lane Kiffin wanted to hire him? But you know, he's he was not a like a liked man when he left. <laughs> Probably true. still not. But like, he could be an assistant on their team. They might welcome him back now, though, right? He's kind of a personality now. I could see him. I could see them being like, "Oh yeah, we love Coach O. Like, bring it yeah. in. We beat him. We were okay with him. We beat him." Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Well. Um. Speaking of coaches, 
LSU has theirs. Brian Kelly, we covered that last week, but um, I don't know. It's 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 been a, it's been a whirlwind week, as you could imagine. Um, I mean, he came in, had pictures on the plane. He had a red carpet welcome, basically had a video crew following him around. He made an appearance at the PMAC. Um, like he got out right in center court and was just talking to the to the fans. Uh, I thought that was kind of cool. I mean, I guess that's the. He's kind of speaking the fans' language. <laughs> or he was trying to. Uh, I don't know. What, what, well, since you mentioned it, what do you think about that? Do you, I didn't really hear it, to be honest. I like, did. everybody was like, oh, this is so obvious. He's putting on a fake Southern accent. And I listened to it and I was like, I don't know. It just sounds like Brian Kelly to me. Like, he didn't, it, now, I mean, it didn't sound like, I wasn't like, man, he's got the thickest Boston accent ever, but like, it just, right. I don't know. It just sounded kind of normal. It was pretty normal. I think there was like one line where they kind of played it. I think he's like, I'm here with my family or uh, something like that. And we kind of like twanged it a little bit, but it wasn't anything too extreme, especially for people who live down here. Like you hear a lot worse yeah. in terms of Absolutely. accents. Exactly. Uh, the, the people uh, seem to enjoy it though. Yeah. I mean, we, we don't care. The, the rest of college football can make fun of it, but yeah, I, if anything, I th- maybe the guy had a little bit of nerves and it just came out that way. Sometimes, yeah. you know, when you're nervous, you try and, I don't know. It's it's just a something for yourself, uh, you know, like a little defense mechanism. But I, so he started doing a, a southern accent for like a second. So what? Uh, President Tate put a a funny tweet. He said the, the only accent I care about is what color that purple is when they're running up and down the fields. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I hear you. All right, thanks, Tate. <laughs> yeah. I didn't when I saw that originally. I was because he's not verified on Twitter. I saw that tweet. And I was like is this like a fake account? <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Uh, maybe, maybe he'll explain it. Uh, but maybe he'll come on the podcast and explain it. All right. Oh, let's invite him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're still good with explain Verge, yourself, right? Tate. Are you good with Verge still? Uh, I haven't seen Verge in a week. Actually, no, I did see Verge recently, like a couple of weeks, like two months ago at a high school football game. Oh. Um, we did not speak. Yeah. I think that I, you know what I think they I think the university is kind of good with Verge now because he was on the tarmac when they introduced Brian Kelly so I guess he's back in his role. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, so, along with you know Coach Kelly, we talked about some of his uh, assistant coaches. We thought maybe because it was rumored, I think Tommy Reese might be following him down. I always thought it was a long shot that Marcus Freeman would be following him down too, but I guess it was still a possibility. I always thought, yeah, but they're coaching in the game. They probably don't want to leave. Uh, but neither one of them are coming, it turns out. Notre Dame um, promoted Freeman to head coach, and I guess Tommy Reese is staying on as EOC. So brings up interesting you know, hires for Brian Kelly because he still has to find those people. And um, he also got rid of Tommy Moffadar a long time, like – three generations uh strength and conditioning coach tommy moffitt um who saw lsu to three titles in the last 20 years uh but he is let go uh some say you know it's probably time um we did have probably our our worst last well last two seasons uh as far as injuries go um you know so much so the guys just can't even finish their careers at lsu and they're just moving on so i don't know maybe there's time for change uh but what do you what do you think about that situation so far? I mean, I, I'm I'm honestly not surprised because I, I talked to a, a source close to the athletic department who um, said that one of the most key hires that Brian Kelly was going to try and t- and make and pull from Notre Dame was his strength and conditioning coach. Uh, I think it's like Mike Bayless. Um, I know it's Bayless. I'm not sure his first name, but he said that that guy that was the guy who kind of like. It, you know, strength and conditioning coach, it's like kind of the, you don't think about it as much. It's not like an on the field position where you're really impacting with plays or with scheme or, but they make such an important impact on, like you said, on, on injuries, on uh, longevity, on durability. And, uh, and, and just like the way that, it, the way that these that teams are built, you know, you think about one of the great examples, of course, we always talk about Alabama, but like they're a good example um, if you look at that 20, that, that, uh, 2009 Alabama championship team with those giants, like, uh, like Dante Hightower, Mark Ingram, who was huge, you know, he was huge. He was five, he was like, what, five, nine, but he was massively built all that. And, uh, and 
all their all the others. You know, I think it was like Glenn Coffey. He was on that team. Um, you look at those guys and you compare them to last year's team that won. They don't even look the same. Like the player, you know, the game has totally changed. And like it or like it or dislike it or say it's not football, but you know, we are really we're really watching basketball on grass in a lot of ways. And in order to compete in that new game and the new style of ball, you need to be athletes need to be trained differently. Um, that's why you see a guy like Christian Harris, who was a uh, standout quarterback in high school at you know, high just down the road from here, who plays who now plays weak side linebacker for Alabama and plays a mean and he'll and he'll get down on the ground and he'll um, you know rush the passer and stuff. But he's a you know he was he was he was in high school he was. Uh, categorized as a defensive back so the game has changed i think that moffitt still was a i think that moffitt was producing uh, i think it's probably a twofold thing one kelly wants to bring in his own people respect that but two i think that there is a, a feeling that maybe moffitt was producing the more older school just massive huge guys and he wasn't he hadn't changed his program enough to to kind of suit the the new style of ball yeah, and Moffitt had kind of come under a lot of heat, obviously, this past year or two with all the rash of injuries and and I, I don't know about the opt-outs, but especially the injuries, which are kind of nebulous yeah. things where, like, he's out, but you don't really know why. It's just like leg um, injury. Right, and then, I mean, it was to the point this season we talked about it where we couldn't even have a practice because so many players were injured. It's like, how does that even happen to a team? Uh, and, I mean, it's not his fault. He's not going out there and breaking their legs with a hammer, but uh, you, you think a team would be a little bit more durable and hopefully we can uh, build towards that. Literally. I saw that uh, Mickey Joseph, the wide receiver uh, coach had left also for Nebraska, which was a little bit more unexpected. I would say, um, I don't know if he was looking to, I think he's joining them as like their passing game coordinator. So it's not a huge step up, but he's no. a Nebraska alum. So I guess I yeah. can see him leaving from what I'd heard. He'd been looking to leave for a while. Um, Cause he was hired in 2017 under O. So I don't know if you saw one of his guys. And then now that it was out, it's, it's not the same. Yeah. I mean, I think that, the, I think that the, honestly the main reason to keep him would have been, he's the head recruiter for New Orleans. That's what his, like his, you know, number one, obviously he was the wide receiver coach, but um, what his real function was on that, on that team was recruiting New Orleans uh, friend of the podcast, Stuart Hanna talks about, you know, Mickey Joseph's the guy who's always down there at all the different games representing LSU and talking to players and talking to coaches and, you know, trying to find the, the talent in New Orleans. Um, I thought that he might be retained for that reason because Brian Kelly, you know, be, might be like, uh, you know, Oh, I need to have my contact. The other thing is kind of interesting is that actually his brother, Terry Joseph, Mickey Joseph's brother, Terry was on staff at Notre Dame for Brian Kelly and actually recruited new Orleans. And was that, that main contact in new Orleans as, as, as early as 20, uh, like 2020. Like, I think he, I think he, now he's at Texas on their, on their recruiting. I think he might be like the recruiting coordinator or whatever, but he was a, he was a, a New Orleans recruiter recruiting for Notre Dame on Brian Kelly's staff, like as far as early as like last year. So um, I kind of, I, I was a little bit surprised that, that he didn't keep him just because I thought like, oh, well, maybe there's some continuity here with the, the, the Josephs and Kelly, but I'm also not surprised because I'd heard that he'd been trying, he'd been looking to move somewhere else um, for a while. He kind of wanted to either move up, get something a little bit higher or, you know, move on. Um, so I think we'll be okay though. I think there's enough, uh, as long as we keep, nobody's really talking about this, but you know, the, probably the most important person as far as recruiting goes that, that I've heard is going to be very important is Austin Thomas, the general manager who was brought in, um, mm -hmm right at the beginning of the season or right before the season brought back, you mean brought back. Exactly. Yeah. He's the guy who's been setting up the recruiting board and is really managing it from like a 10,000 foot level. Um, and he's been, he's been in Louisiana, you know, he's a, he's a Louisiana guy. He knows the, the, the area. So yeah. um, I'm not as worried about losing a guy like Nicky Joseph with, with kind of the, the CEO type level, Austin Thomas managing the whole process. Right. Um, and I imagine, you know, Brian Kelly can find other people from Louisiana that, or at least well, he's, he has plucked people from Louisiana before. Yeah. I mean, we talked about, we talked about Logan Diggs, who, who's probably going to be their featured back next year at Notre Dame. He's, he's, as of right now, he's staying at Notre Dame. 
Um, he came from Rumble. I mean, Stewart talked about him. You know, he was one of the best players that the Rebels had. Uh, and he and Notre Dame was on him from day one and did an excellent job recruiting him. And even with Brian Kelly leaving, I think I think Logan Diggs is going to stay. He, you know, he he put out a tweet about being excited about Marcus uh, Marcus Freeman. So um, obviously that that Notre Dame program was able to recruit Louisiana, and, and I think you know Kelly must be pretty confident in his ability to recruit our state. Yeah. Um, so I know you guys saw this and for those that don't know, uh, Joe Brady, former LSU passing game coordinator, uh, current, well, was as of yesterday, the current, uh, Carolina Panther offensive coordinator. He is no more. He needs a job. Do you think Brian Kelly would consider that looking and then, you know, everyone's going to think, Oh, 2019 again. But, uh, you know, there's a few things different with that, obviously, uh, a it's, you know, I imagine Brady had a little bit more leeway than he might with Kelly, but still it's, you know, it's going to be Brian Kelly's team. Uh, but also, you know, we don't have the same players that we did back then. Um, at least not yet. So I don't know. Do you think he gets a look? Do you think we should let Kelly go in a different direction or what? I think it's definitely a consideration to make given the success he's had in the past. Obviously the success was not the same in Carolina, which ultimately led to his firing. Right. I don't know if they technically said fired, but I think Matt Rule, the coach, yeah, he's like, we, he kind of said, we don't need you anymore, which is almost even worse. Um, but whether LSU is going to reach out or whether he'll reach out, I'm sure they'll at least maybe have a conversation. But in my opinion, I don't know if LSU should look too strongly. I think they should kind of, I mean, the, the house has been cleared probably 80% at this point. And then might as well kind of start all the way over instead of kind of dropping back into the cycle. Um, I mean, this is what people criticized Coach O for this past season because he was talking about the Joe Brady offense and the 2019 uh-huh. offense. Like, we got to go back to it. And it's clear that we weren't going back to it. And so if we decide that, yes, this is what we're going to do, then what happens if it doesn't work again? Then you basically almost have another season wasted. So it could be, I mean, taking a chance on someone else is always a gamble unless they're just like one of the top coaches' names but it could be worth risking uh, for someone else to see if we find another gym instead of going back to the well. Yeah. I don't know. I'm initially, I'd say no, like don't like, yeah, I think you can only catch lightning about once. I don't know if it, I don't know if the more and more we see from Joe Brady, how much of this was Joe Brady's offense or was this the, was this the the transcendent Heisman winning quarterback, Joe Burrow offense? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if, or was it Steve Insminger's offense? Like, I, I will say, I wonder, I do wonder, I wonder if maybe this is a possible thing where it's like, you know, you do really well in college, but then you don't really make it in the NFL. Is well, it that? Well, it's weird because there have been some reports that Joe Brady wanted to be an NFL head coach. Yes. And pe- people think like people he, thought wanted, he was, was going to be coaching head job like tomorrow. Like he could be like the youngest NFL head coach. And now getting fired from your OC job, that dream seems a little dashed and early in the, in the game. And, and the whole, all the reports are, he doesn't, he doesn't like college. He doesn't want to recruit. He doesn't like, he doesn't want to go back. He just wants to coach football. He just wants to coach, you know, NFL. If that's true, then, then, why even make a, if he doesn't want to be in college, don't make a move out of this is like, this yeah. is, we don't need him. Um, we don't need a guy who doesn't want to be in the, in there. And, and I think that it's not, he's not, he's definitely not the transcendent, like mad genius boy wonder that we thought he was anymore. Now that doesn't mean he's not good. I don't know. You know, maybe he's just, Maybe there are a lot of circumstances, extenuating circumstances at the Panthers that he hasn't been able to succeed with. But you don't need to reach for him. You don't need to to, to you know bend bend over backwards to get this guy who's been right. middling at Carolina in right. his first well, big time job. Right, but remember, uh, true, uh, and their record is is not good. I, I think they're. I don't even know if they're tied with or beneath the Saints because uh, the Saints and Falcons are like what five and seven right now so they're less than them but think about this though carolina looked good early right and we 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 thought oh my god we, are we resurrecting sam darnold over here at carolina okay maybe this will work but then they brought in cam newton and it's you know i don't know i guess it's just not the same but again i yeah i don't know how you're not winning uh especially with matt rule as your head coach either so 
uh, I don't know how, how much is this Joe Brady, but he's the one that got let go. So maybe Matt Rule saw something that we aren't privy to. That's yeah. I mean, I think that both it's almost like Jake Pete's, you know, like Pete, both Pete's and Brady. So first, or, uh, you know, is there, I guess now, I guess it's Brady's second year as a play caller. Cause he was, he was OC last year. Right. Yes. So I don't know, like, you know, maybe, maybe it's just not, maybe it's, I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, that's, I think that's the main thing is like, it's just, it, it's kind of a mystery and I don't know if it's, if it's uh circumstantial or whatever, but he's, he doesn't have the shine he used to. Right. Well, I don't think Scott Woodward's going to go chasing butterflies with him thinking, Oh no. my God, we have to have him. you know, empty check for you, buddy. Here you go. I, yeah. I don't think that's the case. Right. Yeah. If Ed Orgeron was still the head coach, this oh. would be a done deal. Oh, if, it, if Ed Orgeron was the head coach, <laughs> he would have already said like, we're going to get Joe Brady. He's leaving. He's leaving Carolina for us. Like, yeah. write down my tail number because it's we're heading to to Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's. I think that that's something that we should we could all be like thankful for. Like, if Ed Orgeron was the head coach today, then Joe Brady would be calling plays in the Houston Bowl. Like he wouldn't even. They, he would. He would fire Jake Peets tomorrow and say, "Get out, gone." <laughs> hmm. Um. Speaking of which, we still get to see what. Uh, like what, what's that going to look like? You know, I guess the same coordinators are going to coach for the bowl game. I haven't heard anything. I think so. All right. I mean, cause technically it's Brian Kelly's team right now. Right. Well, they, they, they have um, Durante as the interim coach for the bowl game. And then they went in the official statement for Brian Kelly. They said starting in 2022. Oh, well, I guess actually 2022 would be yeah. when the bowl game takes place. So. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, I don't know. Do you guys have anything else on? uh, I think we covered a lot of football stuff. Yeah, we covered it, I think. (laughs) Um, I mean, I did want to mention LSU basketball because they they did get a win. Uh, It wasn't – shoot, I I had it. Who was – oh, it was – Ohio. Ohio, Ohio, yeah. So it was against Ohio, not Ohio State or any directional school, just Ohio, Ohio Bobcats. And um, LSU came out strong, man. What was it up like twelve to nothing? They had to call a timeout. Uh, LSU went up, stayed up like fourteen, sixteen, and then I don't know something crazy happened. Ohio came all the way back, uh, took a lead for a short while, and then I don't know. LSU decided they were done messing around, and they uh, went back on and won by double digits. Uh, still held them, but beneath sixty points. So there's there's that. I don't know. It's, it's it's an interesting game. It was a, a a gritty win, I guess. You know, that's what Will Wade likes to call him. He wasn't happy though after that win. I mean, it was good to get a win with a, a wide margin of victory because that could have been a weird one if it was close. But uh, he he was definitely not happy. So plenty to work on. But yeah, it's it's another it's another win. They're eight zero. Um, they you know after after they put it, put it back into gear. You know it was you know they they had control of it. So. Yeah, I mean, they're 8-0. There's only 12 teams left in the country that are undefeated, and that number is ever-shrinking. So their next game is on the 11th, uh, probably before our next podcast. Georgia against, Tech. Georgia, against Georgia Tech, so that'll be an interesting one. Georgia Tech's not great, but they're not bad either. So I feel like it kind of could kind of be like that Penn State game from last week um, where keep it close with a, a non-conference opponent, which will be fun. I think one of the big takeaways from the Ohio game is that they basically sold out the PMAC, 11,000 attendance, for a Wednesday yep. night game against Ohio. People get excited. And so that, that says something about what Will Wade has going on yeah. uh, for LSU basketball, uh, that, that people are hyped up for it. Um, we're not Duke or North Carolina or Kansas, but we're doing good for LSU standards. Like, my gosh, we're a basketball school. Mm-hmm. But, also, hold on. But, but you don't think they were there for Brian Kelly, though, right? That, that could have <laughs> been the case. I mean, he was showing up. He gave his big speech. But, uh, yeah, yeah so they wanted to hear excited. that accident. Also, I don't know if y'all noticed this, but Alabama became the first team to ever beat a top five team in football and basketball on the same day. Oh, wow. Because they beat Gonzaga, top five Gonzaga yeah. on Saturday as well. So it was a big day for the Tide. It, what, yeah. what day is it a big day for the Tide? <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm over these big days for the Tide. Hold on, hold on. We we, we have one we can do uh, January 4th, LSU's in the bowl game against Kansas State. Same night, uh, basketball is playing Kentucky. Yeah, I mentioned that last week when, yeah, Calipari, that's our first uh, SEC home game. So That'd people, be a big game people would be excited for that. But, yeah, I mean, looking at the schedule, we got Georgia Tech on the 11th. 
And after that, Northwestern State, Louisiana Tech, Lipscomb. So not to get the card of the head of the horse, but you could conceivably be like 12 and 0 heading into SEC play. Heading into Auburn. Right. Last, usually a good team. last year, we, I think at this point, we were like eight and four or something. We had lost a fair amount of the non conference uh-huh. games. And so, I mean, if this cleans up, that really helps your, uh, your postseason seating, as long as you don't choke, obviously, in conference play. And then everything's looking good. Just got to keep the, the tool sharp. True. Yeah. And uh, speaking of, uh, there's some big action this week in the PMAC. Uh, the Lady Tigers basketball team took down Iowa State ranks. I think it was a televised game, too, uh, in most parts. So there was that. They had a little dance party in the locker room afterwards, which was <laughs> fun watching Kim Mulkey do whatever they were doing. But um, yeah, it's going to be weird, you know, if the the Lady Tigers and the Men Tigers are, you know, both pumping like like pistons all the way through their respective uh, tournaments. Hoops, yeah, hoops. Uh, I don't. Do you guys have uh, anything else? I think that about covers it. I mean, we we rattled off football knowledge. Yeah, and then a lot of football. we got got a little a down of- week here. We got the Army Navy game. Fun. That's about it. The jerseys look cool. Go check out those jerseys if you don't watch the game. You get to put on your uh, military regalia if you're in the the service. Yep. Or not. It's always like snow in there. They got those big like kind of the big, big wool, wool trench coats cool. on. Yeah. yeah. And then this, the coats, final yeah. the final score is ten to six. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then the cadets who win always throw their hats up. Oh, that is cool. That is cool. I'm sure there's a really cool flyover right before too, as well. Or probably tanks in the parking lot. Who knows? Um, I, I'll, I'll watch that for sure. It's, it's always a good game. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I had anything else um, other than just trying to keep an eye on, uh, you know, how Brian Kelly's going to fill out the staff. Just keep an eye on, I don't know, anything coming out of Tiger Camp because it's, uh, you know, there's like three, there's three different things going on. You know, it's like there, there's a bowl win, but then there's some guys that are looking ahead to the future. There's coaching that, or coaching hires that Brian Kelly has to make, but also it's, it's, you know, December 15th is coming up, which is early signing day. Yeah. And I imagine that's why Brian Kelly made the move when he did. Cause if he'd, uh, if he said, yeah, I'll come to LSU, um, but you know, I'm not, you know, if I'm going to be in the playoffs, I want to coach my team in their bowl game. Um, that's going to be a little bit too late. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that was kind of an understanding. I don't know. There's some contract details that came out about it, but you know, I don't, uh, I feel like Scott Woodward's the one that really kind of made this happen. Supposedly, supposedly, Brian Kelly's agent saves all the offers for him and gives it to him once his regular season is over. Supposedly, he's not entertaining anything until that moment. That's what he said. I, I don't know. I, you know, if I was a happy coach, I guess I would do that too. He's like, yeah, I don't want to hear this mess until the end of the season. Save him for me. But, you know, apparently that's what happened. And, uh, you know, they didn't really say who else might have given him an offer. I imagine anyone. But, um, yeah, he, he was intrigued by LSU, and so was his wife, I think. She's like, do it. This is an amazing opportunity. You guys see all that? Yeah, I, I, I saw that, and then I also um, – I've, I've seen a lot of conflicting reports about, about the whole the whole deal. Really? So, like, I've, I've heard it that, that, it, that the deal was done in, in like, October. That yeah. They were pretty much – you know, he was pretty much ready to come. So, I don't know. I don't know what's true, but – yeah. I imagine his agent met, in the, met him in the tunnel after Notre Dame's last game and said, uh, so I have some news for you. You're going to be going to LSU. Um, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I imagine yeah. that's, that's how it went down um, with him and Rudy right there in the tunnel. But, yeah, I don't know. It's, I don't know, early signing day. I, I don't know. Do you guys think LSU would, would look to somebody like Quinn Ewers? Or, like, do you think Brian Kelly had somebody other than mind, in his mind, other than Walker Howard? Like, do you think – uh, like that changes things because, you know, signing day is 10, early signing day is 10 days away, basically. So um, there hasn't really been a lot of driving rumors one way or the other, as far as LSU's class. Um, I'm going to try and work on that and then hopefully have some reports for the people next week and kind of, yeah. we can do a little breakdown of what the class is looking like. Yeah. We can do like a big time recruiting pod next week. Big time. Pod. I just don't feel like I don't, I, if I had an initial guess and maybe, maybe we'll see some, maybe we'll like find some, you know, some dirt between this and the next pod. My initial guess is we probably won't have as many early sign as we typically do. Not because they don't want to go to LSU, but just 
because they want to like let's see what's going on with this program yeah. let's see what like let's see who the offensive coordinator is let's oh, yeah. see who the defensive coordinator because the, the big number right now is we only have 13 commits in this class so either there's people are going to come out the woodwork and sign for us or it's going to be a delayed kind of total 25 and so i mean if we get 10 or 12 ish in this one that that'll be pretty realistic i would say yeah i mean i wouldn't be surprised if we got less like you know even even some of the ones who you kind of say are like yeah i mean they're locks um but they're but i could see him just being like let me just i just want to wait let me just see who the, the dc is or who the oc is I, you know it's kind of kicking the tires yeah yeah, and the, I imagine some of these recruits want to kick the tires on Brian Kelly because they most likely maybe may not have met him before. Exactly. That could be a thing. It's got to be a fit there, too. We'll definitely keep an eye on that. Uh, and like Daniel's uh, promise, he'll have a little deep dive for us next week because, you know, there won't be any football games. We can talk about basketball, but uh, recruiting would be a good one to 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 pop, a, pop one open for because it's coming up. Um, but until then, I think that'll just about do it for us here on Talking Tigs. I uh, hope everyone has a good week. Uh, I can enjoy another week in a row without that stress of, you know, LSU pulling out a game or not. Uh, I, w- I wish I could direct you to the Saints, but they're <laughs> they're really not doing that much better. Um, they're going to be lucky if they finish 502, I think. But anyway, um, check back with us next week. We'll have some more basketball and recruiting news for you. And until then... Stay safe, stay tuned, and we'll talk to you next time on Talking Ticks.